talking a little Ole Miss Rebels at noon. Big game in Athens against Georgia. I mean, this is this is huge. Georgia wins this bad boy. They got a claim for that number one overall spot. Ole Miss wins this bad boy. People are going to go banana sandwiches. You could have a team like, say, Alabama runs this bad boy. Alabama or Georgia winning the SEC championship game, and you got a, a dead gum ten and one Ole Miss team that has a win over Georgia and LSU. They'd be looking pretty tasty. So we're going to talk to Evie Van Pelt at twelve o'clock, and we're going to touch on those Rebels. We're going to talk about the football team, and ask also uh, a little bit about this uh, Chris Beard era that started for the Ole Miss Rebels basketball. And speaking of basketball. Tigers got a big game, man. A big, big game, man. Already a huge game on Friday against Missouri. We're going to ask Isaac Simpson today at 11.30 what he thinks about this bad boy. Um, I'm I'm very intrigued how this team's going to match up. So we're going to talk about the little matchups. Plus, you know, the Tigers have a little football game as well. And, you know, they play uh, Charlotte. What do you call them, the Fighting Biff Pogies? No, no, I just call them the 49ers. Just the 49ers? But I thought you loved Biff Pogey. I do. So uh, the the Fighting Biff Pogies against the Tigers will break down that. And then we also have to talk about last night's basketball. You know, I didn't think I was going to cover last night. I really didn't. We had, um, if you don't remember, we laid 17 points in the college football game. A little maction last night. Of course, we had uh, we had um, dead gummit. Oh my gosh, what game did we take yesterday? Because now I forgot. We took Miami of Ohio against Akron. I was about to lose my mind, and we were laying seventeen points with a few minutes left in that ball game. It did not look good. It was a ten point ball game. I paid a lot of attention to NBA and then found myself falling into a cover with Miami of Ohio. So I felt really good. Paid a lot of attention to that Grizzlies game last night. They're just, I mean, what can you say? They don't have a bunch of dudes. I mean, I can say that I saw some bright spots. And the score really wasn't as dictative. A lot of people, you know, oh, they cut it to three with 35 seconds left in the ball game on a Santi three. I mean, that was when they just kind of made a little torrid comeback because they came out in the fourth quarter. I remember it was like 10 minutes left in the quarter, 81-81. And then it's the Grizzlies, you know, when when you know when the rubber meets the road in that fourth quarter, they just didn't have the dudes out there to get it done. So, again, I, I can't complain them. They don't have the bodies, and there's no Steven Adams. You didn't have Xavier Tillman. Um, I can go on and on with Rose all the way to Ja, yada, yada, yada. Like, I mean, snack. Gilliard was out there for 15 minutes. By the way, my man's got a high forehead, but great hair. <laughs> but I mean, it was it was just I mean it was too much bam. And again, when you got no Stephen Adams, you got no Xavier Tillman. Biombo's doing his best, doing his best. I mean, he grabbed ten boards. It was all right, but Miami Heat just kind of cruised. Took that bad boy 108-102. We'll talk a lot of Grizzlies also at 11.30. So we got Grizzlies. We got Tigers. 11.30 with Isaac Simpson. We got Evie Van Pelt and Ole Miss. And I got some crazy, crazy Hardenwood stories today. Plus, I got a lot of bets tonight. I got a lot of bets tonight, actually. But uh, some of the crazy stories, there's a seven foot seven 
17 year old. I mean, damn. So is Victor Wimbanyama. Mid Florida. Do, so you've seen this guy? Yes. Have you seen his highlight? I mean, no. I know they're the highlight. He's already committed to Florida. He's already committed? Yeah. All right. Committed yesterday. Oh, it happened yesterday. I guess that's, that's why, why it was news. Yeah, I was going to say all of a sudden I never heard of this guy. And he's popping up all over my ex. <laughs> yeah, he was all over the place yesterday. Yeah. So, and by the way, when you look at his the goods, this guy, this dude does look like he could be a victor in five years. Look, I mean, he's behind, of course, but you never know. Seven seven. That's ridiculous. We also got an NFL star who had millions stole by him by his ex wife's boyfriend. You heard that right. A super NFL big star. A big, big star. Played for the Seattle Seahawks. Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas and his wife are going through a divorce. They are separated. Her boyfriend assumed his identity and stole all kinds of ish. It's it's just a nut story. So we're going to have fun at 1230. And then I got a lot of bets today. Thank you, NFL, for giving us Carolina and Chicago a three combined Three wins, 14 losses on the year. We get to see a little uh, Bajant. What's the little kid's first name? Tyson Bajant. Bajant? Yeah, see, man, I can't even remember. Tyson Bajant. You know what I remember is his dad's an arm wrestling champion. That's right. I mean, that's how I know him. I will say, though, it's kind of sad. Justin Fields didn't get a win this year. Doesn't Tyler have two? Both wins came with him. No, no, he has a win. Fields finally got a win. Yeah, he beat they, uh, Thursday night football against the uh, no against the Commanders. Niners, Commanders. Didn't he get knocked out in that game? No. Are you sure? One hundred percent positive. Damn man, I was that would have even been more impressive. But anyway, um, we're going to talk and break down this game. I mean, talk about a exciting football game. We get to see the undersized Bryce Young behind that horrible offensive line against a horrible Bears team. And a little uh, arm wrestling champ for a kid. By the way, he went to, what, a D2 school? Yes. Interesting. Well, we'll be watching that for Thursday Night Football. That's the standalone game. The game we're also going to break down the one uh, is the one that I think is the most interesting today, this weekend, that is. I think the 49ers and the Jacksonville Jaguars is probably the most fascinating, at least for me, game this weekend. 49ers went into their bye, you have to remember. They went into their bye on a three-game losing streak. You know who comes into this game on a five-game winning streak? Yes, that would be right. That is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Everybody was loving Brock Purdy. Everybody loves Brock Purdy. But right now, Brock Purdy is not loving on Brock Purdy. It's been turning the ball over, especially late in the games lately. Jags are at home in Jacksonville. 49ers coming off a bye. Jags looking for their sixth straight win. Again, a winners of five straight And what have we seen Baltimore do to NFC teams this year? Beat the brakes off of them. them. Beat the absolute brakes off of them. 49ers, way started off the season 5 0. Then they, when when the wheels started falling off, is when they played an AFC team in the Browns with PJ Walker at quarterback. Beginning of the year, everybody was saying the 49ers might be the best team in football through the first five weeks, 5 0. Now they've lost to the Browns, Vikings, and they got beat up by the Bengals. Going to Jacksonville, playing a hot team like Jacksonville, and let's be honest, who's got the better quarterback? Um, That would be Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence, former number one overall pick. That's a bad, bad, bad dude. Whose defense has been playing better? 
as of late. 49ers just kind of pops in your head, right? Wrong. Lately, um, this Jacksonville Jaguars team has been absolutely getting after it. And Jacksonville's got some dudes. Not only do they have dudes on the defense, like I said, I mean, they got some dudes. But, man, you got ATN back there. You got Tank Bigsby, their wide receivers. You got Ridley Kirk, Jones, Evan Ingram out of Ole Miss. Their offensive line's been playing great. Telling you, this game, I can't believe I'm saying this. I think the 49ers are going to come out to buy and lose their fourth straight game after starting the season 5-0. and That'd be crazy. I mean, nobody would expect that. Nobody would have expected that at all. But Jacksonville is also at home catching three. I'm going to buy that thing with a hook, get three and a half at home with Jags. Better quarterback. Now, is Christian McCaffrey that dude? Yes. Is Trent Williams coming back? Yes. They got Brandon Ayuk still. Debo Samuel still dealing, dealing with a stress fracture in his shoulder. They got, I mean, they got a great defense. I'm sure they're going to try to, you know, fix things. Try to. But the way Joe Burrow carved him up, the speed that the Jags got, I expect them to struggle again. Uh, I like Jacksonville at home with the outright upset. But I got to get back to the NBA. We're going to talk again, Grizzlies and Tigers, 1130 with Isaac. But I did want to bring this up. Um, Again, paid a lot of attention to the NBA last night. There was some interesting things like, did you see the 76ers drop the Celtics last night? 106-103. 76ers, after dropping the first game at home, they've won six straight. And they look good. Tyrese Maxey. The 76ers are better without James Harden. They play faster. Maxi gets the ball more down into Embiid. Um, they played at the 12th slowest pace last year. Now they were playing at the 12th fastest pace this year. And again, Maxi is getting the ball and feeding the beast. Embiid with 27 last night. 10 boards. Dude's a machine. But um, I got to say, man, Nick Nurse... Looks a lot different. This offense, and I mean, this whole team looks so much different without Doc and James Harden. I think Nick Nurse coming in there with Tyrese Maxey. I think this team is overall better. Do I know that they're better than Boston? Do I know that they're better than the Bucks? No, I still think these are the, this is the class. But they did last night at home defend their their home turf and beat the Celtics. That was very impressive. Now, James Harden went to the Clippers, and they went and played the Nets. Remember the team that James Harden couldn't stand being on? That's right. Broke up the whole thing with Kyrie, KD, and James. That's right. Ben Simmons still over there with his bling not doing jack. Like, this Brooklyn team, you got to feel bad for their management. You know when they got that thing done— you know, they were just like the talk of the town. They were walking around the city with their chest out. Everybody in their front office like was coming out like when they came out to work with like a, you know, a walkout song. Everything was awesome. And it just all fell apart. I thought the 76ers was about to fall apart kind of like Brooklyn. Nope. James Harden is awful as he was and ticked off and how much he can't stand 76ers organization and Daryl Morey. They are a better basketball team this year than they were last year. And they had two opportunities to go to the finals. And they couldn't cash in on game six or game seven. Big reason, James Harden. 
Watch out for the 76ers. Now the Clippers again. I don't know what the hell they're going to do. I still don't see how this thing works. You got Zubak, and then you got Harden and Westbrook. You got Kawhi and Paul. I love Kawhi and Paul. They're, they're bad to the bone. But James Harden just ain't that dude anymore. And R-Dub, I don't know. I think he actually runs the whole point better. It, it, they lost last night. It's just it's funny. Lost the first two games at East Start. Again, it's early. A lot of basketball left. But on the other hand, what did you did you see what the heck happened to the Lakers last night? Uh, yeah, I was kind of keeping tabs on that because I wanted to see uh, Dylan Brooks versus LeBron James, which was hilarious, by the way. Um, yes, I love. Did you see when he went down to the other end of the court and they were just wanting to inbound the ball and they stood there for like seventeen to twenty seconds staring at each well, other? John, that doesn't even do it justice because the the video is hilarious because. It, there's someone took a video from the stands and you see them just like face to face with each other. More Dylan Brooks doing it than LeBron. LeBron was just chilling. I like it Dylan though when at the end when LeBron just put his hands on his uh, on his sides and uh-huh. they kind of look like he was uh, Superman. Yeah, and then but but the the funny thing is 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 you're watching this and you're like what is happening? Like why is this happening? Old fashioned stare down. And then you see the rest of the players coming onto the court from a timeout. So they were in a timeout and, and they, they just, just stayed on the court staring at each other. Which is hilarious. But it was hilarious. But think about this. Dylan Brooks got the last laugh because that was a damn beatdown of epic proportions. Like, that was an absolute butt-whipping. You know why? Uh, the Lakers were missing three or four guys, weren't they? Uh, yeah, and that one dude named A.D. Plastic Man. Plastic oh, man. Yeah. He's got a groin injury, doesn't he? Um, no, no. He had. He, I think he was having uh, oblique spasms uh, yikes, or that, that sound or spasms or. Some, I thought it was groin spasms. No, 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 no. Look it up. I think it had to do with his oblique. Because there's people were making jokes about it. No, I don't want Anthony Davis's stats. I want to know why he was out. I'm pretty uh, sure it hip had spasms. Hip, hip spasms. spasms. I knew yeah. it was some damn spasms. Some sort of spasm. Damn, getting a spasm in your hip. I had one of those actually one night. It was. It's not good for either party. <laughs> it was Interesting. horrible. <laughs> Interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. Hips, hip spasm. That's why he was out last night. Damn. But um, yeah, the Lakers, man. That you realize they're three and five. Oh yeah, better than they started the season last year. That is true. That's what I've been hearing from Laker fan. Oh man, they just start slow. They just start slow. Mm-hmm. They just start slow. All right, man. If you say so. If you say so. I mean, is is D'Lo gonna get any better? No. No, um, Austin Reeves. I don't think he's that dude. By the way, I don't think he hit a third. He didn't. Ah, uh, I see where my confusion came from. At halftime of the Heat game, which was their game before this one, uh, Sham Sharania reported um, that Anthony Davis was dealing with hip and groin spasms, but would try to play through them in the second half. Where I was like, what is a groin spasm? Hip and groin? Hip and groin. And so now I guess after the game, they just diagnosed it as a hip spasm. Sounds like this man's putting in work before the game. Sounds doesn't like it. it. Doing you a never full heard that doing that is makes you soft in your legs? Well, that's what, uh, that's what, um, oh, you mean that work. Interesting. Yeah, I don't you were be putting in, about, you will have to, you know you have to abstain. I see. I, I thought you were talking about like, uh, you know, the Suns, they are known for like after every game, they'll go and they have like a like mini gym in the hallway. Um, under the like in the arena, and they'll go like work out after after games. That's what Kinda I like thought. Nolan Ryan putting in work. No, no, no. I, they're putting in a I different see. type yes. of work, no, no, I'm, which I'm, is causing his groin uh, and his hip no, spasms. John, we're on the same page now. Uh, right. It wasn't wasn't Just a second. Sure everybody's ago. on that page. You can't do that, man. You got to you got to relax, AD. Especially if you want to 
you want to play. But then there was a couple other things that were uh, very, very surprising last night. And uh, Bucks barely beat the Pistons, but man, did you see? I mean, Jalen Duran's becoming a dude, no, bro. He's, he's awesome, and uh, he had twelve boards, eleven points, a little double double action, and and Tuesday night for him, he had five assists. Oh wow, I didn't know about the assists. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Giannis was ejected from that game. He got two technicals. Yep, show did. <laughs> Damian Lillard went off. Man, he couldn't buy a three pointer last night, but he still finished with thirty four. Uh, I'll tell you one thing, he gets to the free throw line, doesn't he? Sure does. Damn, he can get to the free throw line. But uh, yeah, um, I just I just had to say, man, Jalen Duran is is becoming a dude. So uh, keep watching. Uh, other thing, did you see the Warriors Nuggets last night? I did not. Damn, Clay couldn't get the shot off. Man, they were down three. Couldn't get the shot off. But uh, Jokic did, did his thing. Of course, he had thirty five points, thirteen boards. John, I, I was actually last night. I watched a lot of college basketball in addition to uh, to watching the. Did Grizzlies not watch game. any college basketball last night. Um, Did you see anything that was important? Yeah, I was actually about to tell you um, because I think you would actually like this a lot. I hated it. I couldn't stand it, but I'm sure you would like it. But it doesn't bother me. I don't watch like if I'm watching games. I don't usually watch games with the sound on. I'll like have the sound off and my main TV off sound on. So I had the Grizzly sound on. Like on my computer, I didn't have the sound on, so I wasn't listening to it. Are you familiar with Barstool Sports? Of course I'm f- familiar with Barstool Sports. That's, um, oh my gosh, who owns it? Uh, the crazy dude? Yeah, I forget his name. Um, so they did the Barstool Invitational last night in Chicago. Two basketball games. The first game was Florida Atlantic, uh, Loyola Chicago, which I obviously had a lot of interest in because obviously Memphis will play uh, FAU later this season. Uh, and then the second game was uh, Arizona State and Mississippi State. And John... Um, they had one commentator there that I think actually has like play-by-play history. The other two guys there were barstool guys, Big Cat and whoever owns it. I forget his Dave name. Portnoy. Dave Portnoy. Um, Portnoy, that's it. Portnoy. And uh, so they were there, and then um, the guy, uh, and then some actual commentator. The entire game, they were just talking about their bets. And I, and eventually it got sounds to a like point. Horton, I mean, it sounds like a sounds like something you would, it sounds like something you would love. And then we got to a point where I guess one of them had a total, um, the over in the game, and so we had a countdown on the score bug of how many points needed to be scored for him to get his over. And so every time they'd make a basket, they'd change it, and it would go down from like fifteen to thirteen. Then to I do that. I, I love doing that. So I was watching, and I was like. I didn't hear. I, I saw a lot of people complaining about it, but um, I, I well, wasn't really listening don't gamble. to it. And I was like, I bet John would love a, would love a game where the commentators all they care about is gambling. <laughs> Sounds like a. Uh, I mean, hey, Florida they don't worry about the their money, man. That's right. So did Mississippi State. I care about what's in my pocket. Uh, did you Hail hear State. about the Mad Mad Dog Russo? Um, you know how he's now been, um, I think, unleashed over at ESPN. I don't even know how ESPN. Like, the big shots are handling this, but I guess they're handling it in stride because they're allowing him to continue. He's, you know, he, now every time he comes on, it's on Wednesday, he talks about Hell eating yeah. gummies. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy's got – this is my guy. And he also talks about how he bets $10,000 a game. Good for him. And his bookie, he's upset because his bookie convinced him to be, bet against his own son. And, of course – Who's the son? That's what um, I was trying to remember. Um, his son is somebody that, like, you know, obviously in the sporting world, you're going to have to look it up. I just know that I, you were talking about betting. I remember them telling the story, but it was kind of oh, like. Oh, his son is on UConn's 
basketball coaching staff. That's what it was. Tim Russo. I, I think he's a grad assistant or something. And he uh, bet against them. And, of course, his bookie kind of convinced him. He was like, oh, man, that line, you know, no, 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 no. And next thing you know, he bets, he bets a 10, he bets 10K against his own son's team. And oh, his wow. Own's no, team no, no. Won. It won UConn. It was Northern Arizona. He just got hired at Northern Arizona. He was a grad assistant at um, – at UConn, and now this is his first year at Northern Arizona, and uh, he's an assistant coach. Good for him. Yeah, I think that's pretty awesome, though. That, that he's is awesome. talking about eating gummies and betting ten k ten k. Let's see on his games every week. Wow! And their first game was uh, was at UConn. That was the first game. Here, here it is. About twelve o'clock. I'll sit down. I'll make an early cocktail. Cut a gummy in half. We got Florida State Clemson. I like Florida State. The quarterback. I'll do something there. Bet ten k on it. <laughs> Uh, then he goes and he's like, about 325, when I'm a little sauced, of course I'm not driving and leaving the house, I'll put a call into Fat Rob. And then he goes on and talks like a bunch of whole Fat crazy Rob. things. Then he says he sits down after he gets off the phone with him, has a couple more cocktails, eats the other half of the gummy, and then he says he gets really, really ready to rock and fire. Like, this guy, I like Mad Dog. I do too. Man, you're um, you, you you don't like gummies though, or betting ten k on anything. No, no, I just like I think he's a genius, Mad Dog Russo. Very interesting character. We got to talk a little Grizzlies. We got to talk a little bit of Tigers. But I want to remind you, Neil's Bar and Grill, where the Fat Man rocks at fifty seven twenty seven Quince Road. You know about all the great bands that come up there. Don't forget they do lunch Monday through Friday. Um, today, Thursday, grilled salmon, Mama's meatloaf, fried chicken, pork loin. Um, roasted pork loin, you got mac and cheese, mashed potatoes, corn, fried okra, English peas, country squash, and butternut beans. A meat and three veggies, eleven ninety five. Meat and two veggies, nine ninety five. You can't beat it. It's delicious. Fifty seven twenty seven. Quince Neal's, where the fat man rocks. Isaac Simpson on the other side. Time to talk some tigers and grizz. Sports fifty six ninety eight five FM. Now back to Sports fifty six happy hour with Johnny Radio. This hour is brought to you by Scooters Plus on Summer Avenue. Here once again is Johnny Radio. Snap back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. Oh, there goes gravity. Choke. He's so mad, but he won't give up daddies. He know he won't have it. He knows his whole back to these ropes. It don't matter. He's dope. He knows that, but he's broke. He's so stagnant. He knows. Welcome back to Little Sports 56 Happy Hour. I'm your buddy, Johnny Radio. Hanging out with Brian Degas. You know it's Thirsty Thursday. That means it's time to talk with Isaac Simpson. Talk a little Grizzlies. Talk a little bit of Tigers. Oh, man, so much more, man. What is up, Isaac? How's your Thursday? Man, what's going on, John? I'm good. How are you? Man, I'm blessed. Have you uh, gotten over that loss by your Cowboys last week? <laughs> yeah, man, that, that, that was a tough one, man. I had a, had a chance to, to pull it out in the end, man, but couldn't, couldn't get it done, man. I, I would bring up the refs, but I'm, I'm not going to do that, man. Uh, tough loss. Just got to got to move on but i feel i actually feel pretty good coming out of that game i feel feel like philly is a team that we can beat and i think in a year in about three or four weeks i think we'll get a chance to do that down in Arlington. so i think we'll get some get back against the eagles i i, I don't fear the eagles for some reason the 49ers are kryptonite i don't know what it is about the 49ers they just can't handle them but that eagle team doesn't really scare me i think they can beat them man i like it um i will say you have to be impressed dak played out of his mind it's just it's weird how they get down what first and goal from the six and ends up being yeah took the two sacks like twenty seven yards back but hey honest <laughs> yeah. to God people were saying Dak can't take that sack man tell your right tackle to do me a favor and block yeah. somebody 
That's what I'm saying. Tell Terry Steele to block. I mean, you people say that. It sounds easy when you're sitting on your couch. Oh, well, you, you can't take that sack. He but was I there mean, in 1.6 yeah. seconds. Like, what was he supposed to do? Like, I, I, I don't blame Dak for that at all. That was definitely Terrence Steele in that offensive line not holding up for him and coming up small in a big spot there. So, yeah, I don't, I don't agree with the takes that people say he, you can't take that sack. I get the idea of what you're saying, but that's a lot easier than You say that when, when you've I, been back there for five, three, three and a half yeah. seconds, and you look at your first read, you look at your second read, and you decide to hold on the ball and make something happen, and you take a sack, and you let the clock run out instead of throwing it away. That's what they're talking about. When you get blasted with one in one and a half seconds, that is your offensive line. Yeah, it's a little something, also a little something called intentional grounding. So I think you familiarize yourself with that. But, it, but anyway, yeah, man. Tough loss. They got some easy games coming up. They should be able to stack wins here over the next three or three weeks, and then they face Philly again, man. It could be back in the same situation to where they could possibly tie them and take the lead. Philly has a tough schedule coming out of the bye. I think they have Chiefs, the Bills, and the 49ers coming out of the bye. So they have some tough games coming up, man. We'll see what happens. Man, Tigers have a big, big game, man, this Friday. And I'm talking about some basketball. I had to. I have to be honest with you. Um, I'm looking forward to this uh, 8 o'clock game against Missouri. Missouri's long, tall. they got some big, big, tall dudes down there. But the Tigers got so much depth and, depth and so many guys that can score and do so many different things. And they got a bunch of dudes who can actually stroke. We got shooters. How they match up against this team uh, in Missouri? Uh, I, I honestly think when, when you look at roster roster player for player, I, I think Memphis is the better team. Uh, Missouri is going to be favorite because they're at home, but I, I think this is a huge opportunity for Memphis, and if you kind of look at kind of the resume building games they have on on the schedule, and some of those they could even have more depending on what happens in, in, in the tournament that they're in. Uh, this is probably one of the easier ones, and, and we've seen this team year and year have to have to kind of fight and claw their way after, after struggling early. This is an opportunity to really get put one in your back pocket. If, if they can go up to Columbia and get this one, I, I think they're in really good shape. Um, but if you look at this one, I think also Michigan is a team that they're going to play the first round of the tournament that they're in. I think that's a game that they should win, definitely. I think Memphis might even be favored in that one. Uh, but this Missouri game is huge. It's a chance to get in front of the eight ball instead of being behind it. Um, and, and I'm excited about it. Uh, we kind of wish Penny was going to be in that sideline, but you do have Rick Stansberry who – experience there's no question about that man he's been a head coach for a lot of years it's, it's, it's highly regarded uh so I, I think he can handle it but this this is one that i really think that they need to go up there and get i think there'll be a probably three or four point underdog if i had to guess but missouri is kind of they're, they're going to be a really good team um, i think they're going to be ncaa tournament team but they're kind of rebuilding they they lost some guys uh in the draft and had some guys graduated so i, I you look at that game against Jackson State, I think at times Memphis didn't really take that game seriously. Um, uh, Jackson State hung around. They were game, man. They came in there. Mo Williams had those guys ready to play uh, the other night. But Strong you saw a lot of good things. Strong game by Mo as well. Man, yeah. And on Rocket to go. Uh, like, I don't know if those Air Force ones, but yeah, man. Right? He, he he was sharp, man. But uh, I, I like the shooting uh, that I saw from Memphis, definitely. And Daquan Walton, man. And I've talked about him all offseason, man. He's going to be a big-time player for this team. I think he might end up being the best player on this team. And you just look at the other guys. David Jones, I think, is going to be big-time player. Uh, Jalen Young, um, I'm really excited about him and his defense potential and what he brings off the bench. I think he's going to push 
Devon Quinley, and I think that's a good thing because I think it's, it's going to push him to be his best self because he's coming, um, and he's going to be here for a few years. So I'll I tell love you one thing. I did not realize Jalen Young looked good, and he is he can. I mean, he is feisty on the defensive end. Yeah, got great handles, faster than all get out. Um, number one impressed me. I, I was like, man, first I was like, who's number one? And then I was like, damn, man. I kept noticing. I mean, he's just somebody who pops off the screen. Yeah, it's, it's weird because he he actually started at UCF for like the first five games last year, and they got off to a good start. And then after that, he was completely out of the rotation. I, I don't know what happened. I don't know if there's some internal stuff going on, but I think Memphis got a good one. I mean, if you kind of watch this game, he kind of reminds me of a young Jeremiah Martin. I think that's kind of mm-hmm. the potential he has. When he's here two or three years down the line, I think he could be that type of player because he's super athletic, uh, can, can really really get above the rim, and his defensive potential is off the charts. I mean, he talked about it. He said he wants to be uh, AAC defensive player of the year, and this guy coming off the bench. So he's, he has that attitude, man. He has the right attitude. He's, he's coming. That's what I'm saying, man. I think Devon Quinley better watch out because this kid is ready to come out there and show what he can do, no doubt about that. I will have to say, man, give you some serious credit. Uh, number 10, Jaquan Walton, he popped, especially early, having the first seven points, having 15 in the first 23. Uh, just was – you. I mean, he kept you in the game early in the game so you can come back and make that run and then dominate. But damn, man, you're right. He he is awesome. But, um, you know, getting off the guards for just a second, going to our centers, what do you think about Malcolm? What do you think about Jordan Brown? What do you think about them and how they match up against Missouri? Yeah, it's interesting that they brought Jordan Brown off the bench. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. They they went with a different starting lineup that I kind of expected them to do against Jackson State. And, yeah, I and what did Nick about, Jordan was in there to also starting? Or Nick yeah, was, yeah, Nick, I, yeah, and I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be really good for this team too. I think he's kind of a forgotten guy, and a lot of these new guys, the people that I'm talking about, I think he's going to be a really good player for this team. I mean, you saw him with with Temple last year, and he came in here and really had a really big game against Memphis. I think both times they played Temple, he played really well. I think that's why Penny Penny kind of had his eye on him. But uh, Jordan Brown, one thing about him, this team wants to get up and down the court, and Jordan Brown doesn't really fit that style. He, he's a, he's a great player, but he's not a a guy that's going to be hustling up and down the floor. So that's going to be something interesting to watch. Uh, I think Malco is going to be big for this team as well. Uh, they really need him to have a big year because he's kind of that veteran presence uh, on this team. He's a guy that's been around, been here. This is his fifth year in, in Penny's system. Uh, so they, they're going to need him to kind of kind of show a little bit of leadership. And you're going to see the consistency. We've seen flashes from him over the years. I think a lot of it just had to do with him just simply not being healthy. Uh, he, I, I think last year, kind of that was the first time he had ever really been healthy at all uh, since he's been at Memphis. He says he doesn't want to use it as an excuse, but I think he's been working through a lot of stuff. He had knee issues, all, even going back to high school at East. Uh, but he was dealing with some of that same stuff. So I, I'm hoping for a big year for him, man, for him to go out um, on, on a good note. But Jordan Brown is is, is a fantastic player, man. It's just going to be interesting to see how he fits there up and down style because he's more of a slow it down, back to the basket kind of guy, and that kind of kind of goes against what Penny wants to do because this team forgot what they're ranked, but they're in the top ten in pace. I know they've only played one game, but they're going to want to get up and down the floor. Uh, the difference between this team and I think Penny's teams in the past, most of his teams have been defense first into offense. That's not this team at all. I think this might be an offensive team, and Penny hasn't really had that this time, so that's going to be interesting. And the difference, I think, Overall, this roster has much more talent and, and depth. Last year was just kind of 
Kendrick and DeAndre and, and, and a bunch of guys kind of filling around. This team, I think, is, can go 10 deep. I mean, you have several guys night in and night out that can go out off on this team. And I, and I think that's why you're going to see this team have a lot of success because when one guy struggles, you got a couple other guys that can pick up black. And that wasn't the case last year. If Kendrick and DeAndre couldn't kind of lead them to victory, they struggle uh, in, in those games. And I think they have a lot more depth this year. So I think they're going to be able to win more of those games if, if a couple guys struggle. Now, how do you think the big boys match up against the seven footers that Missouri's got? Yeah, man, that that, that, that kind that, of that's Van, be Vanover's like seven five, but he's only two thirty. He's a string bean. He's not playing Friday night. Oh, he's not. Mm-mm. Oh, well, he's damn. Suspended for that yeah. game. What do he do? He played in the Portsmouth Invitational last year, which is oh, for, yeah, correct, uh, yeah. players that ha- don't have any eligibility left, and then he got an extra year, so he's back. Okay, I didn't so, know yeah, he, he was the first out. three games. Yeah, if you play however many games you play at Portsmouth, you have to set that. You have to set that many games out. So if he played three games in a year, he won't be able to play for the first three games. So that's that's a positive. I mean, I, he's a string bean. I think Jordan Brown and 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 Malcolm could probably push him around, but still, rather not have have to deal with the seven three guys. So that that's a positive. I wasn't even aware that he wasn't playing. I wouldn't either. Yeah, but that but that's how that's that works. My boy Dake yeah, yeah. is coming in there over the top rope. I like that people's elbow. People's elbow, man. That's beautiful. <laughs> man, I don't know. I'm just really excited. I also love the schedule. I love the the feel around this Deadgum team. Uh, I'm pretty stoked. I do have to switch gears for a second. Uh, Tigers got one against, of course, the Fighting Biff Pogies in Charlotte. Um, <laughs> I'm, I mean, Seth Hennigan, what are you like? You hearing anything about him? He's only missed one game, he's only missed one start. Uh, is he going to be out for this one? Man, they're, they're really playing that one close to the vet. I think this is going to be a. Two game time decision. I don't think Ryan Silverfield is gonna gonna show his hand. It, it's tough for me because you definitely don't want to lose this game. I mean, you definitely don't no, want to lose since it. You you know just got lucky with the whole Air Force losing to Army and yeah. things of that nature. So because you definitely want to set that big matchup uh, with SMU next week, uh, you definitely want to want to have that and, and have still have opportunity to get to the AAC championship game and possibly win the conference. Um, but if you you go with uh, the, the the backup, it's it, it, it's tough, man. I don't know. Uh, Charlotte is bad. This is a bad football team. I, I really do think that they could get it done without Steph. But if you if you take that risk and you don't, that and go with Carter, that that's not going to be a good thing because you're going to have a lot of revisionist history thinking, man, we should have played Steph in this game. But you definitely want Steph healthy in the SMU game. So if it's it's going to be a situation to where it risks having them out for the SMU game, then I, I think you should, should, should go with Carter. I think that's how you should play it. Because I, I do think that they can win this game without Steph. But if Steph can go, um, I, I think he should be out there. But that's going to be – I think it's going to go out right down to the wire. I definitely think that's going to be a game-time decision. So that's going to be interesting up until 1 p.m. on, on Saturday. But that, that Charlotte team is, is bad, man. This is a, a game where they should go out there and win. And, and that's the thing about the situation that they're in. Outside of SMU, we've them to take care of business, man. It hasn't been hasn't been easy, man. USF went up late, but the Tigers were able to pull away. Uh, we saw them go back and forth with UAB. We saw the same thing happen with North Texas, lose the lead late. Man, that was still uh, crazy how they pulled yeah, that one Yeah, the Rackers drive by, by Steph uh, to get skates to the end zone uh, for, for the game winner. So we've seen them kind of struggle in some of these games, and that's just kind of the AAC. Uh, these teams, they just go up and down the field. Not a lot of defense played, high-scoring games. And, and that's just kind of what you see in this league. And it, it's almost like you can't 
can't have a couple bad drives in a row. If you have a couple bad drives in a row, even against these bad teams, they can put you in a bad spot, and that's what you kind of saw. But somehow, man, they continue to win these games. And, and, and like last year and a couple years before, they would lose both of those type of games. This year, they pulled them out by the skin of their teeth, so they haven't really lost anybody that they shouldn't have. Uh, so that, that you want to keep that up, man, and, and set that big matchup up, SMU, because if, if they win this week, man, that SMU game is going to be a big one. Man, you go, uh, can you hold on through a break? Because we haven't even got to the Grizzlies. No, oh, we'll do. We'll Man, do. we're going to take a quick timeout. We're back in two shakes of a lamb's tile. It is time to talk about the Grizzlies. Sports 56, 98.5 FM. Join the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin, for Wolo and Friends. Weekday mornings from 10 to 11, here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports 56 Happy Hour with Johnny Radio. This hour is brought to you by Scooters Plus on Summer Avenue. Here once again is Johnny Radio. Snap back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. Oh, there goes gravity. Choke. He's so mad, but he won't give up daddies. He know he won't have it. He knows his whole back to these ropes. It don't matter. He's dope. He knows that, but he's broke. He's Welcome so back to the Sports 56 Happy Hour. Your buddy Johnny Radio hanging out with Isaac Simpson on a thirsty Thursday. And we got to talk a little bit about that Grizzlies. You know, we talked about the Tigers. They have a big one against Missouri. Connor Vanover, we found out, he is the seven foot five guy from Oral who now plays for Missouri. Uh, he will he will be out this game, so you don't have to deal with that. So that's pretty good. But man, the Grizzlies got like everybody and their grandmother out. No Stephen Adams, no Xavier Tillman, no big dudes down there other than uh, Bismack Biombo. And uh, you got to be real with it. Um, uh, Bam Adebayo just torched the Grizzlies yesterday. It was it was kind of uh it was like there there was a little excitement in the third, took the lead late in the third, you know, and then in the fourth quarter, money time where the rubber hits the road and it's time to get to business. Grizzlies just didn't have the dudes. And I mean you got you got Gilliard out there with uh Santi and Jaron Jackson Jr. It just it just it doesn't work with the pieces that they have. What's up, Isaac? Yeah, man, uh the thing that I didn't understand last night is they continue to allow Bam out of Bayou to get to his spot. That right inside the free throw line jumper, that's his spot, and mm-hmm. they continue to give it to him. Like I, I don't know what what it was. And, and Taylor Dickens after the game last night, post game presser said that Bam made tough shots. Not too many of those shots were tough. I mean, they were walk in jump shots to, to his favorite spot, and that's that's the thing, man. And, and I know they're injured, and any team in, the, in their in their situation is going to struggle. But a, a lot of the stuff that, that's going on with Taylor Dinkins, these are issues that they have been going on for years. They the three-point line. I mean, that's, yeah, that, they, they're, they're the worst. Covered up. Like, that's, I mean, again, even when you're playing the Miami Heat, you know, this is, and the Heat aren't, a, you know, a great three-point shooting team. Uh, what, they give up almost 40% last night? Yeah, and that last play, like, I don't know why you're, you have something covering Hawkeyes in the corner. And then you see Taylor Dinkins kind of motion him to go, trap out on the perimeter i'm like what you doing and then they he ends up getting open shot that's what happens when you overhelp and he, you can see they literally see taylor Jenkins telling Santi to leave and go trap like I, I don't know why they're trapping that far away from the basket in, in, in that situation and we've just seen this man overhelping uh and their philosophy is they care more about protecting the paint than they care about the perimeter and they say that's what the analytics tell them and this is the analytic based coaching staff and that's just kind of what they they go with, but I, I don't understand why they don't 
use more the eye test. Um, yeah, why did the, just, you can't leave Jaime? Even though Jaime Jaquez hadn't even shot a three pointer that whole game, he was wide open. There wasn't anybody open. around, and when he buried that, that was in. That was it. Yeah, um, I mean, hammer it, nail coffin stuff. on us. <laughs> yeah, this was some good stuff last night. I, I really like what I saw from Luke Kennard in the first half. Welcome back, Luke Kennard. Um, he definitely found his shot. Um, Junior came in and got some minutes. Snacked and, and that's good on that thing. little roll, by the way. Um, did you see that? Like when he got to uh, the just that little donkey head. Yeah, and that's the thing. When he comes in, and I've told people time and time again, if you play this kid and he he gets to the game, and you give him real minutes and some consistency, he would produce for this team. And you see him bring him in in the first half, and he was one of the first players off the bench, and then doesn't play anymore the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. But then you have Roddy out there who's really struggled. Like I, I just don't understand a lot of the stuff that's going on they're in a bad spot but i just think taylor dinkins doesn't raise their ceiling he still has a lot of issues with rotations that feel for the game it's just it's just frustrating man to, to kind of watch some of this stuff and they're sitting there one and seven i felt like that was a game last night that they really need to win i mean you kind of look at what they have coming up these two home games i felt like they really need to try to get both of them uh with a one and a half point underdog that's kind of a pick them and it's the state they're in right now any game that's a pick them, especially at home, that's one that you need to try to get. Also, Tyler Hero went down uh, with a roll ankle early, early mm-hmm. in the game, so you really thought that was one that they could get, uh, and it just couldn't pull it out. I think you hate to say a game is a must win, uh, game nine of the season, but this game against Utah on Friday is huge. Uh, it's also a tournament game. They're already 0-1 in the in-season tournament after losing to Portland, so you definitely don't want to go 0-2 in that, and you just need this win because you're going back on the road with the Lakers and the Clippers. You got some tough Boston coming in here. You got some tough games coming up after that. They really need to get that one. Um, if they're going to do and uh, try to stay afloat in, in these first 25 games, I think that's one where they got to have. But they just struggle scoring right now, man. Just can't find a consistency. It seems like all seven games they can get to, except the one they want against Portland, but if they can get right there to two, three, two or three points, one or two possessions, then they just can't get over the hump, and next thing you know, other team goes on a run, they're back down 10. It just seems like it's been like that all season. What do you think about Marcus Smart's uh, first few games with the Grizzlies, first eight games? How are you, you grading him? Um, he, he struggled, uh, and I mm-hmm. think a lot of fans have kind of already soured on him, but I don't, I don't, I'm not too worried about him. I think the problem is he's not a point guard, and he's having to go out there and play point guard. Um, he's playing with a lot of new teammates, new systems. And I think he's in his head thinking, okay, where do I find my offense? How do I set the table? Um, and that's not his and game. I, yeah, it's not his game. And I think that affects him on the defensive end as well. I just think he's thinking too much. I think once Doc comes back and he, he moves over to that two guard or small forward, wherever they play him in, in that lineup, I think it'll be better. I think it's just a lot that he's taking on right now. And that's just not his game because he played one guard some in Boston. But his job in Boston was just bring the ball up the floor, get the ball to the Jason Tatum. Jalen Brown get the hell out of the way, and, that, and that's a little bit different because the guys on this team, Jared Jackson Jr., they have a, a hard time creating their own shot. They don't have a Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, those type of creators that he's playing next to. So he's needing to be. They need a true point guard, and they're asking him to do that, and that's just not what he really is. So I think it affects his game overall. People talk about the defense. Defense has been lacking, but I just think that goes at that, that they're just asking to do him too, too much. He's wearing too many hats. Uh, going on right now, but I think once the team is is healthier and you get job back, I, I think he's going to be fine for the team.
Zaire is um, getting worse by yeah. each game. <laughs> yeah, the, the confidence that he showed uh, in the preseason in those first couple games, man, it seems to be all the way gone. I mean, he's really hurt this team, especially on the defensive end. And I think that he's one of the big contributors to the team getting off the slow start. Um, and I, I said last night on our podcast that I think they should insert Luke Kennard um, in the starting lineup for the time being uh, because this team right now is not built to to come back from deficit. Uh, if, if they're going to win basketball games, they really need to try to get off to a good start. And I think having Luke Kennard on the floor with Desmond Bain, with Jaron Jackson Jr., I think having those two guys that you have to honor from the perimeter will just open up things for everybody else. It also gives you extra ball handler because now you got Marcus Smart on the floor that can handle the ball. You have Luke Kennard that can handle the basketball, and also Desmond Bain. So I just think it makes the team better overall. You have you would have questions on how you could score off the bench at that point if you put him in the starting lineup. But at this point, they're just short-handed anyway. I, I would rather get off to a good start and try to figure out how to how to get bench going after that. I think Junior could be used more in that role because we know that he can get buckets. So I think they should use him more. For some reason, they just haven't seen committed to that. I don't know what it is because he produces every time he comes in and people talk about his defense. And he's even been playing well on the defensive end. I mean, he's been coming in making he, – he had more defensive plays last night than he had offensive plays. So, I don't know what it is about about Junior, man. They, they won't give him a real chance. But, yeah, man, Friday is a big one, man. You don't want to go one and eight going back on the road. So, hopefully they can find a way to get a victory, man. They're going to have the city uniforms on. Uh, they're going to be revealing a new court, which I think, from the ones I've seen, the Grizzlies look like one of the better ones in the league, man. So, that – that should be a fun night down at FedEx Forum, so I'm looking forward to it. All right, dude. I was uh, about to like you know start plugging you and talk about Ethos Grizzlies, but I saw on your X or Twitter, whatever you call it, the Atlanta Hawks fans know where the real action <laughs> is. They got the Atlanta Hawks got an OnlyFans account. Man, yeah, that that that's what it, what, what it looks like, man. I, <laughs> is this that's, real? That's interesting, man. Yeah, it, it's real, man. They can tweet it out from their account, man. I, I was kind of surprised to see that, man. I I was on here, so I just kind of looked at it vaguely. I couldn't see everything that it. Showed. I'm just wondering to see what they're talking about when I got off, but I thought that was interesting, man. Just threw it out to me. That is hilarious. I'm sorry, but like the the mascot being under the bed and yeah, I saw dressing that. himself. <laughs> the Atlanta Hawks making me laugh yeah, today. A, yeah, that's a, that's a lot, man. It's the home of Magic City, so it is. You know. It is. Do me a favor. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. Tell everybody where they can find you and what you're working at over at Ethos Grizzlies. Yeah, man, definitely eat those Grizzlies. Give, go over there and give us a like and a follow. My, David Williams, Candace Higgins, and myself. Uh, definitely, we're popping out post games. Uh, we do a post game podcast after every game, so we'll be back on there tomorrow night. Had one last night as well. Uh, you can go check that out at Eat Those Grizzlies. Check out my work on the Tigers at TigersportsReport.com, and you can find me on my personal X page at Isaac Double Underscore NBA. Man, Isaac, thank you so much for your time. Be blessed, my friend. We'll do it again next week. We'll do, man. Talk to you next week. That is Isaac Simpson. Again, follow him at Isaac W underscore NBA and check out at Ethos Grizzlies. They don't play no games, man. You know who else don't play no games? Scooters Plus, man. You can go out there and make your own dream bike. Head on out there, man. They got all the parts. They got the service. They got the place. They got go-karts. They got scooters. They got e-bikes. They got ATVs, golf carts, UTVs, motorcycles, mini bikes, dirt bikes. They got everything. If it's got an engine, they got it. They also got all kinds of deals going on. You got... The new TGB600CC electrics taking over. You need to check out their e-bikes. They also got, I mean, I'm talking about like 
everything you need. Again, if you're a gearhead and you want to work on your stuff, they also service them. Way or 3425 Summer Avenue, they're open 9 to 6, Monday through Saturday. Monday through Saturday, 9 to 6, it's the largest showroom around. Again, they also have financing options available. You can even go to their website, scootersplus.us, and find out how much you qualify for before you even walk in the door. Check them out. On the other side, it's Evie Van Pelt, Sports 56, 98.5 FM. 